Welcome back to the 1024 Podcast. Today we have a really special guest with us. Miss Priscilla's here today. Thank we're you. really honored to have you today. And, uh, of course, uh, John's being a slacker. We ha- slacker of course, we're, we're down another uh, another member of the 1024 oh. Podcast again today. But, uh, you know, we, we've replaced him with a you know much more beautiful Miss Priscilla. Oh, so, yes, ma'am. You. We're just going to talk to talk to you just a little bit today, Miss Priscilla, just about some things in your life. And, you know, I'll let Rusty take it away. You know, I don't think we're really uh, missing out on much because I don't john's the animal expert but i have seen priscilla chasing animals down okay yeah i'm gonna tell that story i don't want to embarrass you but i'm gonna tell a story yes so for you for you guys that don't know priscilla's uh i call her my second mom her family uh i grew up with them i went and spent the night with your son kevin one night and then uh then i went on vacation and then uh i just ended up staying so i ended up living with them forever years and years and so it's my second family one day I came over to Priscilla's house. I, I walk in and they said, oh, did you see our new dog? And I said, new dog? So I went in the back bedroom and I opened the door and it was dark. And I remember I seen these big eyeballs and I heard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is that? And I slammed the door, you know, and they started laughing because they're like, it's just a chihuahua. It's just a chihuahua. Dude, chihuahuas are mean, bro. I don't well, like chihuahuas here's at all. Here's the thing. So they have uh, at their house, they have a basement and the basement is, has access to outside. So, so there's basement access outside and there's access upstairs. And I guess someone had left the door open. And what ended up happening was, because they were laughing at me so much, I said, go in there and look at this crazy doll. Yeah. And so when they opened the door, what had happened was, through the doors being left open, a possum had gotten in the room. <laughs> oh, was my. Was sitting next to the uh-uh. chihuahua, right? Uh-uh. And so I'm screaming like a little girl because possums are my greatest fear because they're <laughs> giant, scary-looking rats. <laughs> and so Priscilla says, we're going to get it. And so we had all the boys down there. We had baseball bats and, like – I don't know, a piece of like two by four or something. Like we're all down there. She's like, I'm gonna get it because it ran back downstairs to the basement. She said, I'm gonna get it out from underneath uh, whatever it was underneath, and I'm gonna hit it with this this broom, and you guys get it. And so she went to go hit it with a broom, and we heard a noise, and every one of us boys just dropped our stuff and took off screaming, running like little girls. And then we just hear some noises like boom, 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 boom. And uh, next thing you know, we go back downstairs, and Priscilla taking care of the deed. Hey, look, we need somebody like I, she I wish, is the real exterminator. So John, yeah, step your game up, buddy. I wish John was here to tell this story too, but because I, I, so I was like John and I were basically the same way as Kevin and Rusty were. Like, okay, like his mother used to be able to tell who John and I were by the time we would like the, by the way we would walk up the steps. Like oh, she no. would be able to. She know. Like I had yeah. a key to his house all, always. Yes. And anyways, John had this little. Little winter dog chihuahua. I don't even remember it. I don't even remember its name. I wish John was here to tell the story, but it was so mean. It bit through my first pair of boots I ever had. Like it, these things were thick too, and it bit all the way through. Oh like I had goodness. holes in my boots. Yeah. And so, anyways, any time that I went over to John's, you know, I would spend the night or whatever. Before that, you know, I was allowed to get out of bed. John would have to go get this dog and put it in the cage, or else it would literally attack me. <laughs> and like John was the only dude that it liked. Like it had been a like I mean it was a really sad story because it had been a used and everything oh. uh but yeah. that dog was yeah i hate you like yeah her other son malcolm had, had a pit bull and he's like they'd always say oh it's so nice it's so nice one time it, it locked me in the closet and i'm screaming like a little girl and they're just laughing <laughs> you know those kind of people they're like oh he's a he's a baby yeah. he's a baby I'm like, yeah, he's a 200 pound baby yeah with veins <laughs> out of his neck with trying to bite him yeah like a baby yeah, yeah. so Jeez. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. the kind of people we have here yeah. today, just so y'all know. Yeah. But no, I wanted to get into the topic. So here's our topic for the day. We're going to talk about mission and miracles. Because I think there's a there's a little bit of debate in the, the modern church. A lot of people, I find, 
don't really believe in miracles. Yeah. Just, you know, in the modern day, like, besides what it says in the Bible. Yeah, they just think, okay, that was for those people back then. Uh, Miracles don't really happen anymore. And, you know, it is what it is. Along with all the other gifts. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's way, it's for way back then. So, not not today. Yeah. To ask you the question, I'm going to start it off. I'll I'll be John the day and ask the questions. I usually don't prepare, but I did, I did (laughs) prepare a few questions. What was your favorite miracle in the Bible? We'll let you, well, unless you, mm. you need a second or we, well, I can start if I You go ahead okay, start right. and let me think. So I, because I, I already, he'd already asked me this, so okay. I, I, I'm cheating a little bit. Okay. Um, Cheater. But mine, my personally, I, I really hadn't ever been asked this question before. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, you know, reading the Bible, you know, all, always the miracles are, you know, blow you away, like kind of thing, like just Absolutely. to think about. But Absolutely. as I was thinking about this, it's, uh. This whole, I have a, like a whole swath in, in Mark that like is really, it's not necessarily just one miracle, but the the, the fact that he, that Jesus did a couple miracles like in the span of just a little bit, just yeah. to like really hit home for the disciples that like, hey, I, I have all the power here. Like, Absolutely. let me show you how. So like my, it starts off when, you know, Jesus feeds the 5,000. I'm sure we all, all know that one, you know, yes. five loaves of bread, two fish, and mm-hmm. he feeds, mm-hmm. you know, 5,000. It says 5,000 men, too, yes. which means that. Plus you know, women and children. Yes, yes. So who knows how many, <laughs> Amen. You know, yes. how many people there are there. And then at the same, the same day, it, when it came nighttime and Jesus was ready to go and they had to go to the next city or whatever, um, he made his disciples get in the boat as it started raining and he told them to go, like, just go ahead and I'll, I'll catch up with you. And they were like, yes. I don't know, Lord, but that sounds good. Like, yes. well, you know, we'll just keep on going. And then he started walking on water. He just walked on water out to him. Like, yes. you know, he, and the disciples were like, what in the world is going mm-hmm. on? Like, and, and, and then when he gets, it says the next uh, little bit in Mark, I guess the, the place they were going is called Genesaret. Again, I'm sorry if I screwed this up. We don't have our uh, our educated man. John's our educated it was, man. It was college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Jesus healed uh, the sick um, in the countryside. It says in the village, in the countryside. It's like, I mean, I guess, you know, just a whole, I guess, you know, either a plague or, you know, something had gone on in that place. Yeah. And so anyways, it just, it really, you know, kind of sets home, I guess, to me, like how, you know, I guess he had a, a bunch of men like me, like, you know, just a, a little bit on the, you know, the unbelief of the, like the big and wow or whatever. But yeah. Lord was like, you know what, I'm going to show you in the span of, you know, who he knows how many, you know, a couple of days that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, boys, so, I got the power here. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Walking on water, you know, people find that so crazy. Like, oh, you can walk on water. You defy the laws of uh, gravity. gravity and yeah. physics and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, he wrote them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so we think it's so crazy because none of us would think of jumping off a cliff because well, we're going to die. Gravity. Yeah. Yes. But he yeah. wrote those laws. So my favorite one, I love, uh, it's in Second Kings. I didn't pull it up like Gaddis did, but I'll just say it off of memory. Second Kings, it was Elisha, and he was walking through a, a village, and some teenagers came up and were messing with him. And they were like, calling him Baldy, because I guess he was bald. Hey, Baldy, Baldy. Hey, Baldy, Baldy. And he called a holy curse on them, and a bear came out and mauled 42 kids. Yes. That's a little... uh. Little unknown story that I a lot of people, I, I mean, I a guess lot of people, before, they don't preach on that in church. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no. That's a pretty funny one to yeah. me. So that was, it's always my favorite just because it, it shows how interesting the Bible is. Yeah, shoot, yeah. How about you, Miss Priscilla? Does anything shoot off the top of your head? Um, I love the storm whenever yeah. he tells them to get into the boat because, like you said, whenever you, you think you know Jesus. The disciples thought they knew Jesus. They had walked with him. They had seen him do so many miracles, healing, they blinded eyes, crippled, getting up. 
And like he's to- he told them, let's get in the boat. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the other side. Yep. To me, whenever I look into that scripture, it's not just, oh, we're going to go to the other side. I'm fixing to show you something that is so much more mightier than what you've already saw. Yeah. And uh, he knew that the storm was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So whenever he gets on the boat and he goes down in and he goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the disciples are uh, fishermen by trade. Sure. Some of them. So they're professional fishermen. Yeah. They know what storms look like on the water. But yet whenever they got in this boat and followed Jesus, they were going to the other side and then the storm happened. And then they thought they were going to drown. The storm was so bad that they thought they were going to drown. So they ran down. One goes down to Jesus and says, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he just gets up. He knew it. He was calm. He was collective. He was so rested that He's he taking just a, taking a nap. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'm fixing to do, and yeah. I'm just gonna just relax until it's God's to my Father's time, yeah. and then I'm gonna show them yep. the other side. Yep. And so he gets up, and whenever he speaks, peace be still. It says that the wind and the sea obeyed him. Yep. And what amazes me is how the disciples became exceedingly fearful. At that point, he calmed the storm, he calmed the sea, mm-hmm. but yet they became more exceedingly fearful because who is this man? Yeah, who is this Jesus? Like, that has this all this power. Who like, can yeah. calm this yeah. man just now calmed the storm right in front of my the eyes? The sea was so, uh, it was, it was almost like a like a myth, like this mysterious thing back then because it was so powerful and it claimed so many lives because they yes. operated on the sea. They were fishermen. They did all these things and and no one could stop the wind. And when storms came, they they, they went and nestled on the land because they couldn't control it. There's yes. nothing, you know, and they even had stories about like, was it Leviathan? I can't even say the word. Leviathan. Leviathan. Leviathan, yes. You know, and like this crazy sea monster yes. and all these things because they're yes. just so crazy. And here's someone who just comes along and just is like, be still. Be still. Like, go to bed, boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Daddy. Daddy came out there and <laughs> pulled his belt off and he like, stop. Yeah. And they listened. Yeah. Know? And it's amazing because, honestly, I think that's how we are. We think we know Jesus. We we really think that we know him until we absolutely see something that's just so amazing that we're like, wow. And why did they become more fearful when he had calmed the storm? But yet he was actually fixing to take them to the other side where they were going to have to face a lot of storms. Sure. Yeah. And he started with this big storm in the water and going back to um, the fishermen, the professional fishermen, before they would get on a boat and get in the sea, they would know the weather. Yeah. They knew it pretty well. They would watch that weather just like they would see it by the sky. And you know, the old saying, um, Red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. Yeah. Red sky at night, sailor take the light. Yep, yep. Okay, so it's kind of like they knew the signs of when there was going to be a storm. So this seems to be a storm that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And Jesus, I think, made that happen just so that he could show them, I even have power over the wind and the sea. Yeah, I made all this, so it's going to listen to me. Yeah. I guess Priscilla beat us on our stories. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have good good analogies over here. No, it, that's, over pretty, here. that's pretty awesome. So yeah. let me ask you guys this. Do you still believe that miracles happen today? Absolutely. Do you? Yes, I definitely. So I'll say this. Yes, I definitely believe that they, they still happen. I, I just have personally never 
like I, I've witnessed like, you know, things that I've said, you know, man, that was God, God mm-hmm. doing it. Cause I was not like, there was no way that I was going to be able to do whatever just happened, you know, like whether it was sickness taken away or whatever. And that's what I would, you know, you know, I would say that that would be the modern, modern miracle that I have seen. Like, you yeah. know, it, now it wasn't, you know, you know, feeding the 5,000 or, you know, providing all this, you know, food or, you know, walking on water, like nothing that like that drastic. But I would say that, you know, it's still a miracle because it's, you know, it's uh, otherworldly, I would say like it's in, in, inhuman, like the yeah. uh, a human being couldn't. Yeah. Like I, I Drew Gaddis could not have done that. But like, as far as like, you know, a, a big, you know, like a big grand, you know, like something like this, like shock and awe kind of thing. I, yeah. I have never seen it, but I, I do believe that, you know, obviously the Lord is all powerful. If right. it fits in his will, then, then yeah. I'm and as, sure. as yeah. I was driving here this morning, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, and I was, I was, I had my wife hold my phone and I was like having her jot down ideas. Usually I don't prepare. I just kind of like wing it and just see where the spirit takes me. But today I felt like because we have Priscilla, I wanted, there's so many questions I want to ask her, but just because, uh, she's been so impactful in my life, uh, bringing these things to light to me, like uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and just different things like that in the Bible that that you don't really, a lot of churches don't really talk about now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's why this whole topic of modern miracles came up because she's somebody that every time I'm around, seems to there seems to be a modern miracle or yeah. uh, different things that just blow your mind that you go, wow, that's God, you know, using her. And I believe yeah. that's because of her faith. And I think faith's one of the biggest parts of all these miracles happening. But the thing that God put on my spirit and spoke to me was that am i not the same god amen so the god the old testament is because it's the same god because god never changes right Mm -hmm. so if we know god never changes why do we sit here and think that these miracles don't happen he's the same god Mm -hmm. and and even the bible says was was it elisha or elijah i can't remember but who who's elisha but but a mere man yeah right paul mentions that because he was just trying to point out that elisha yes some crazy miracles were done through him god used him to do these miracles but was he not a man just like Gaddis is a man? Yes. Rusty's a man. Absolutely. Aunt Priscilla, you know, yes. like we're all human beings. And the only difference is will you allow God to use you? Do you have the faith to believe that God is who he is and that he hasn't changed from the Old Testament to today? Mm-hmm. And and that being said, that's where we want to get we want to get into this because you might have heard some uh, some like kind of moaning noises or crackling noises in the background. And and that that's my little sister, Tasha. Yes. You, can you explain? People can't see her right now. Can you yes. explain about Tasha? Okay, so she's 26 years old, and when much, she was how much does she weigh? She weighs only about 44 pounds. 44 wow. pounds. So she's mm. she's basically for for those who can't see her, she's like the size of an infant. Um, like, probably a like a five, maybe yeah. a five year old. Five year um, old. Yeah, because my granddaughter, one of my granddaughters, is five, and she's right at her. Well, she's a little bit taller, but she's a lot skinnier. Sure, yeah, yes, So she's only in a six and seven clothes. So that wow. tells you yeah. that tells you how tiny that she is. But uh, we did not know anything was wrong with her whenever I was pregnant. And then whenever she was born, we still, we knew that she was small, but the uh, doctors had told us because me and her daddy are short people that <laughs> she's just small. She's just going to be small because sure. we're small. Yeah. Um. Then at two months, I started, I knew, I knew something was wrong. Sure, I mean, yeah. you, you, she's vomiting all the time. She had um acid reflux. So everything that went in. She had, she was very, very tiny in the mouth. Uh, I didn't get to see her from 1030 the morning that she was born until after midnight, the night that she was born. And they never came to tell me anything. So wow, just because the doctors took her, uh, they wow. took her away and I didn't know what was going on with her. And, and so I eventually just said, 
something's wrong. I knew it in my heart. I knew it in my spirit. And I said, I've got to see my baby because I literally thought that they were going to come and tell me that she had died. Yeah. And um, I go back there and her face is almost completely purple black from her nose down. Um, and I'm looking at her and I'm very scared. I'm, lo I'm looking at this baby laying there and the doctor's working on her. He, she tell the nurse tells me that's, that's her. And I see her face and I'm just start crying and I start yeah, to cry. I, Every time yeah. I think about it, I start crying because, uh, God did it. One of the miracles for me then I said, I have to hold her. And she says, you can't hold her. The doctor's working with her right now. And I knew that he had been working with her all day long. Yeah. And so I get over there to the doctor and I said, what's wrong? And he said, oh, we just think she's got an infection. You know, it's not nothing. We put her on antibiotics already, but, you know, we can't figure out what's going on here. And I said, can I please hold her? And he said, yes. So I just took her in my arms and just started praying. And I was like, Lord, whatever it is, just fix it right now. Sure, yeah. And I was just laying there holding her and her head just kind of leaned mm. back on my elbow and the black went away. And I looked and I was run over there to the doctor and I said, the black's gone. It's not yeah. there anymore. And he's looking and he's like in shock that she's not black anymore. And he's like, uh, something's going on here. So he takes her out of my arm and I'm just crying because I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you, Lord. You took yeah. it away. Whatever it was, it's gone. Yeah. Come to find out her little jaw was so small that she would have to be leaned back because if she was laying flat down, the weight of her head and everything was cutting the oxygen off. Wow. So she had laid there all day long with the oxygen Just barely off. breathing. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, they, they, they were telling me, you know, we don't know what's going on, but whenever he's seen that she was um, normal <laughs> in yeah. her face, laying in my elbow. He takes her out of my arms and he lays her back down and it turns black again. So then he rolls up some blankets and he puts it behind her uh, neck and kept her head up. And whenever her head stayed up, it stayed normal. Wow. And I was like, so it was just the, yeah. the smallness of her chin. And that smallness and that we didn't know at the time, deformity of the, the jawbone and the roof of her mouth, um, she could not suck um, the bottle or anything that they tried yeah. to feed her with. So they were giving her uh, IVs to feed her and everything. Um, eventually, we came home, and it just kept getting I, – I knew. I knew in my spirit there was something. So um, we, we started finding out at four months old, they told us that she was either blind or deaf. And I had a, a nephew that was born two months after her, and he was already um, leaps and bounds ahead of her. And I was looking at how fast he was growing. She was so tiny. She was only four pounds, and then she had lost down to three pounds. She gained back up to like almost four right, right at her birth weight. So they went, wound up letting her come home. Really, they didn't want her to come home until she had reached five pounds. But because she was drinking at that time, they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and let her come home. Yeah. The infection's gone, whatever. Um, so we come home, and it took um, about a year for us to find out that she had a major brain deformity. Um, they said that she has microcephaly, and which means a small brain. Um, just means a small brain. But when microcephaly is as tiny as hers... She mm -hmm. was only in the two percentile um, of the growth charts. And by the time she was a year old, she was still only 10 pounds at a year old. So 
it and she didn't gain up to 50 she was 15 pounds at seven years old so that's how slow she yeah. gained weight wow yeah, and smart. so they're they're knowing major deformities going on so they did an mri and we found out that um the right the left side of her brain has a lot of gray matter which means that the brain is asleep it's not being used it's okay. not being used so it's just asleep on that side and it affects the right side of the body so she has what they call cerebral palsy because of okay. that because yeah. the those parts that are asleep are not allowing her body to be used and so um we have microcephaly, we have a brain, major brain deformity, we have seizures. Uh, she started having seizures at two years old. Um, they, so say she's, been, they say she's 100% deaf. Yes, 100%, 100% blind. 100% blind. And for those of you that, that aren't able to see her right now, I can go, Tasha! And she'll, she'll look right at me, Tasha! She'll smile, yeah, she'll, she'll laugh. Right she's, she's, she's deaf, but she can hear. Yeah. Yes. She's blind, but she can see. Yes. I mean, you could go up to her, and, and you don't have to say anything. You can go up to her, and she'll turn and look at you and smile. Yes. So those are, the, those are the first three miracles right there. Yes. Because one, how long do they tell you that she would live? She would not make it till past three years old. How old is she? Remind oh, She's 26. 26. Wow. And only Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, miracles happen. Yes. Yeah. My sister's a miracle. Yes. Right off the bat. And only six babies was born in the world yeah. with this condition. And only they had only made it to their third birthday. The three that lived made it to their third birthday. The other three passed away right soon after death. So for her to still be here at 26 years old, it is an absolute miracle that older than you, Gaddis. Older than you. Yeah. See, I yeah. I mean, so I'd imagine if that happened to me, I'd probably have uh, a little more faith in the miracles. Absolutely. I imagine that probably started your your, whole journey on this. She changed my whole life. Everything that has happened with her absolutely showed me that God is real and that he does hear you. And it started right at her birth. I mean, yeah. the day that she was born for the black to go away, it started that day yeah. and it's not stopped. I mean, we've had so, I mean, I could, everybody tells me you need to write a book. <laughs> I don't think one book could hold it. Yeah. What all so God has done. Things, yeah. So many miracles that God has done. And, and how can you not believe whenever it's happening to you? And then That's I thank God if you would just do this for a lot of people, there would be so many people to follow you because you think you want everybody to know God the way that you know him. You want them to love God the way that you love him. And I think the evidence of God is so real in my life in everything about my life from the time I was a little bitty thing all the way up. The evidence of him in my life is so real. And I think if the evidence if other people could see the evidence, then they would see that God does love them, that God is real, that he is for them and not against them, that he is not the author of confusion and death and trauma and all of this, but he is the healer of all of those things because we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a dark world. And the ruler of this world is out to kill, steal, and destroy and to take what he can. And so many people are so blindly allowing the enemy to take everything from them and they're blaming it on God. Yeah. You say, you say it a lot. Actually, you say, uh, people use God as like a genie in the bottle. Yes. Right. So you're like, people are like, God, I need a miracle. I need this. And they're just, it's really for their, a lot, a lot of times their own selfish desires, like yes. things that they want, you know, and they're like, God, why, why won't you do this? And when he doesn't do it, then they get angry at God. Like you didn't do what I wanted. Yeah. You know, like a genie in a bottle. I rubbed you, God. I rubbed the Bible. Yes. And I wished on this star and, and this didn't happen. Yes. But 
I think a lot of times we think when we look back in the in the Old Testament, we see these miracles happen. Like, well, they happened every time for them. I bet there's a lot of stories that that didn't happen of people that wanted, you know, like Job for example. His whole family died. Yeah, I'm sure he was begging God, please, yeah, bring my kids back. Yeah, and God could have, but He didn't. You know, and mm-hmm. we forget that when we read the, the the Old Testament, we just think all these miracles happened for every one of these guys. Yes. The miracles happened when God wanted them to happen, when Absolutely. He when He needed something to happen. Yes. And I, I always say it like this, you know, if God wanted, He could definitely heal heal Tasha. But Absolutely. everywhere you go, Tasha's a testimony. Absolutely. People ask about Tasha, and they go, you know, oh, what's her story? And you you're able to share the miracles that God has done through her life. And that's what I say. She's my living testimony. Exactly. Yeah. Because everywhere we go, people will say. Oh, she's so beautiful. I can just see heaven all over her. I see she's just like an angel or she's like a baby doll. And you start being able to give her testimony. And it's like, what? I mean, I think, you know, anybody would want their child healed. Yeah. Completely healed. But I look at the world right now and I thank God so much that he has protected me from the sorrow that a lot of parents are having to face with their children because their children... They have the ability to go out there and make the wrong decisions yeah. and get in trouble and get messed up, get their lives messed up. I have a little child, like adult daughter, that is protected. She's never going to know pain as far as a heartbreak from some boy, yeah. you know, abusing her. The some temptation boy, of drugs. Yeah, she's not going to know that. She only has this pure, righteous, holy spirit all over her. And I can say God has blessed me by allowing her to be the way that she is. Yeah, and we talked about it before. If, if God was to just say, get up and walk and heal her, we would all know it because we know how she is now. Yes. And we'd be like, wow, this is amazing. We thank God for it. But that'd be a, that'd be just a, a testament for us. Yeah, because then for a very from few. That, for that moment on, everyone that sees Tasha would be like, she's just a, she's normal, just a normal girl. Never know nothing that you know? happened. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of stops the conversation about God and the miracle yes. that he's done keeping her alive and and. Allowing her to see and hear, even though she's deaf and blind, yes. things like that. Yes, you know, absolutely, and to live. Yeah, to and I think life. a lot of times that's why God doesn't do miracles. I think the reason God doesn't do miracles, it's all about His will, and and we're supposed to be here to to bring Him glory and Amen. honor. And a lot of times we try to we try to uh, warp our own desires into that and say, God, this will bring you honor and glory, but in reality, it wouldn't. It just brings us peace or pleasure or whatever yes. it may be for us. You absolutely, know? it's a selfish thing that. Uh, we don't realize we have. We ask for it. Mm-hmm. But God does do miracles for for those in need. Absolutely. And one of the reasons we wanted to bring you here, because we wanted to talk about, you had a recent miracle that happened. Yes. So before we get into that, though, I'm going to keep our, our listeners waiting okay. on the edge of the seat. <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about, so I go to your church. Uh, we, our church is called Holy Ground Outreach. Yes. And it's a little different than normal churches. Yes. Because we're outreach-centered. A lot different. <laughs> a lot different. So what is an outreach center? What is a outreach church? What is the mission of our church? Uh, for me, when we say Holy Ground Outreach, we want it to go out of the church. Not that we want it to start in the church. And we want the people to develop and to grow in the church, but not to stay in the church. Mm-hmm. We want them to go out mm-hmm. into the community because the miracles that Jesus did was in the streets. He did some miracles in the temple, um, as he regularly did, it says that, you know, and they tested him and they tried him over those miracles that he did do in the temple. But for the most part, when we read the Bible, Jesus was walking the streets whenever he healed. The miracles that happened with the um, disciples, they were in the streets. Mm. And so 
I think that it's good. Oh, our church is very small. A lot of new Christians, I would say new Christians, because some of them might have been introduced to Jesus as young children and thought that they got saved as a young child. But then now they're adults and now they're understanding that maybe I didn't get it whenever I was just a child. Yeah, that's what uh, Rusty and I, you know, and John, and we all talk about, you know, one of our own stories, you know. I feel like a lot, a lot of people, you know, like like you said, I think you've referred to it as like Christian atheists before, like just churchgoers is what yes. I, you know, because in my life, you know, you know, our listeners have already heard this story many times, but you know, just to keep it short and sweet for you, I mean, I I, I was raised in the church, you know, I was very blessed, my mother and father, you know, Sunday mornings, yes. Wednesday nights, yes. I was always in the church, yes. um, and it, it did me a lot of good in my life, but I really didn't put too much stock in it um, until, you know. Really, you know, I, I was saved when I was when I was younger, but you know, I kind of I, I kind of fell away from away from my walk um, there for a couple of years. Yes. And, you know, just made some made some bad decisions. You know, yeah. didn't put the Lord in, as center. But you know, in this past year, I've you know I tried to recenter my life. And, you know, it's you know I think the Lord you know allows us to you know make a little mistakes because he can he can he's going to show you the bad so yeah. you can say look how good I am like Absolutely. look what you need right yes. now buddy like yes. you can't yes. you can't be like all this you know I I've said it many times before but like all this is trying to you know fill fill a void in my life that you know I was trying to put but like Rusty said you, we all have a puzzle piece but the yeah. only thing that fits there the the puzzle piece is Jesus that's like, right that that's God's the only mind. thing that fits like we we try yes. putting, multiple things yeah. in there whatever it is but you know really it only sticks when we put jesus in that that's right now there's other piece that fits that missing missing thing yeah. in your life and fills you so what i'm trying to do with the church is really mature them uh, as far as with the knowledge of god and the knowledge of the word um and then let them see that jesus is real by the miracles that we're already seeing and he's proven himself you know i there's not much work that i have to do as as far as reading i can read you know to everybody every day but he has to be the one to convict and change the heart and i believe that he's doing that so what we do is we go outside of the church for um the really the homeless shelter we do we did outreaches with the children where the little kids we have like 20 kids that are under 10 years old way i think more, your, way, daughter, way more kids than adults, your daughter yeah. is one of the oldest ones so <laughs> uh, 10 and under and we have taken them out to the walmart we've let them make um handmade gifts like um mother's day they'll make yes, gift cards from moms or, or the flower pots and they get to plant their flower in there and they get to paint the flower pot and then we we make a lot of them and then we go to the walmart and we just hand them out to the mothers until we get kicked out yeah. Until we get kicked out, which is so no, which is so important because I feel like a lot. I mean, like like you said, a lot of times in our in our culture, especially today, it's always about want 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 need need need. What yeah. can you do for me? Yeah. But like it's it's really important to show these kids like yeah. like look what the joy you get to give. Like yes. look at the joy and that the Lord provides. You. Absolutely yeah. love it. They love it whenever they get out there and they're running. I want to get this one, and they're fighting over who's going to give this person the gift. <laughs> I'd be surprised there's people that go nope. Get, yes. away, get away from me and really and all that yes. stuff, you know it shows you the world that some people accept jesus some people don't and yes it, it's obviously they're given a gift you know it's not like they're giving out jesus but i think it's shining a little bit of of the heart of mm. jesus of who he is and how we love people yeah. enough yes. that we would make something spend spend money make stuff yeah. and then go out there and spend our whole day giving stuff away yeah. to people just to show them we love them and the, th- the sad thing is is so many of them say how much do i need to pay you for this 
Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We just want to give it to you. Yes. And they're just blown awesome. away. Yeah. And we've had people to come back and give the kids like a few dollars and say, you know, just put this toward whatever y'all are doing yeah. because it blessed them so much. Oh. I had a woman that was visiting her son in Dawsonville that received one of the gifts. And it was when we did with the elderly, they had, they, we had went and bought, um, these really fuzzy, really warm socks at Christmas time. And we bought, um, hats and, um, gloves for them and the kids had them in gift bags and they gave this woman this gift. She lives in, I think, Tennessee. She, um, somehow it, uh, the, on the card that the kids had wrote, they had put from Holy ground outreach. And it's probably mine. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, So she somehow got in touch with us and got, I don't know how she got my number. I really don't even know how she got my number, but she left me a message. And then um, she says, I want to give into this children's ministry because it blessed me so much. She said, I lost my husband. And she goes, and I was so alone. And she says, and that gift just brought the joy of the Lord all over me. And she says, so I want to give a gift. And so I told her if she wanted to give, it was, you know, gave her her our address and sure, everything. Sure. Yeah, yes, ma'am. She sends a beautiful letter and she sends a hundred dollars for the kids. And the kids were just amazed at that. God did that. And so I can tell you one thing, the kids have learned to be such givers. Every single one of them love to give. Oh, I know. My, my son's always, every time he buys him something, he gives it away. Yes. I'm like, man, I just yeah. bought you that. <laughs> Stop giving stuff away. <laughs> no, that's awesome, though, because, man, I can guarantee you I wasn't like that when I was oh, little. Oh, I mean, man, you know, like, it is amazing. It's cool. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. So we our church is, what, maybe five families? Um, let, mm, Not very many. Not less, many. Less there, than 10 families yes, in our church, yes, for sure. Yeah. And so there's not a lot of people, so there's not a lot of money coming in as You're far right, as like tithes right. and, and different yes. things like that. Sure. So I don't think people understand the full magnitude of what God does allows our church yes. to do. Because yes. one of the one of the uh, the ministries that you do every year at school time. Yes. In our neighborhood, uh, you you put together book bags. Yes. Not only book bags. This year you started doing shoes too, right? Last year. And all the school shoes. supplies. Yes. So. I was telling Gaddis before you got here, we have a, a big event. We have this lot yeah. in the middle of our neighborhood that, that you've bought, this little land. And you uh, have a big party. Yeah. It's back to school bash. And yes. every yeah. kid from the neighborhood, doesn't matter, rich, poor, doesn't matter. You come there and you have a book bag with their name on it, all their school supplies they need for that grade, yes. the brand new pair of shoes, right? Yes. And they just have fun. We have a cookout. Yes. And we do that, right? So that obviously has to cost a lot of money. Yes, it does. And you got less than 10 families. And not everybody's really pitching in, you know, yes. so how does God do that? You know what? It's so funny because we've had some donors that's from the outside of the church mm-hmm. to hear what we're doing. And they're thinking, okay, you know what? I want, I want to be able to bless this church. Uh, we've had uh, a pastor that has came in and helped uh, provide Christmas presents for some of the families. Um, but we had like a $2,000 donation come in at one wow. time, just unbelievably right before the back to school lesson. We've had a $5,000 donation come in and this, I am no, had to be God putting it in these people's spirits because I don't, the, the only thing that I might do every now and then, and, and I did that this year was like, 
if you would like to sponsor a family or if you would like to sponsor ah. a homeless person, um, get in touch with me. And because, because of course, it does cost a lot of money. How much and did you think spent last year on, on book bags, school supplies? It was almost $6,000. $6,000. No money coming in. Yes. $6,000 in supplies. Yes. And I call her a miracle shopper. That's another miracle. <laughs> that is she, a miracle. She can walk in somewhere and then everything in that store happens to be on sale. That's awesome. That yeah. second that she walks in. <laughs> like this year. Yes. You bought book bags. Backpacks for the homeless. As soon as she walked in, tell them what happened. Okay, I go in, and I'm not really looking for homeless things at that point, because I'm just going in to shop. But I have finally found out that if you go looking for things that are marked down, God's going to help you find them. So this in particular day, I had done went and did my shopping, and I had come up to the register to check out, and I saw a buggy packed full of backpacks. And they were the the homeless backpacks. They're not the little school backpacks. And I'm like... I'm, I'm thinking they're fixing to put them on the rack for sale. I said, ma'am, how much are those backpacks right there? And she says, well, she says, we've had them for a little while. She says, but I'm about to mark them down to $4 a piece. Wow. I said, I want every one of them. <laughs> because they were, they were like $30 on each bag. And I'm wow. like, yes, yeah. we'll take every single one of them. So she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, so. It's crazy because they're not just getting, they're not getting junk. Like no, bags. She's yeah. like Under Armour bags. I mean, like yeah, nice stuff. Yes. And God just seems to, I have, we provided, and I say God provided, not we, hmm. um, walk into Walmart and the socks be $2 a pack for 10 yeah. pair of socks. I was like, yes, sir. I'll buy those. Yes. yes <laughs> I'm packing and everybody's looking at me like, you're hoarding them, but they don't know what we're doing. Yeah, sure so right. I just. Yeah. Uh, it's okay because as long as they're here, I'm gonna get them. Yeah. But we had, <laughs> we had uh, through the clearance sales all year long, we were able to pack every bit of the backpacks that we did pack this year. Yeah, so that leads so. us into so we went from we did the backpack for the kids, uh, the, all the school supplies, the shoes, all that. We're able to just bless everybody yes. in the neighborhood, which is crazy. Yeah, we get to meet a lot of new people. Yeah, but then uh, our church got involved with the homeless shelter. Yes, it started. Uh, we started you know, seeing more and more homeless people and, yes. and it just feeling, you know, like we need to do something to help. Yes. And as an outreach church, we started going to Good News at Noon yes. in Gainesville uh, here in Georgia. And we'd go over there and start feeding people. Yes. And, and we'd fix their dinner for them. Uh, they asked for ministry. Actually, we just went there to buy some uh, desk seat for our chairs when we first started. Okay. Yeah. We found them um, over there and they were going to sell them for $5 a piece. I said, well, let's go there and buy them. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to sit in desks like little kids in school, but hey, that's okay as long as we've got chairs to yeah, sit yes, in. So we go over there to purchase those from Good News at noon, and they tell us about their ministry. And then we talk to the lady that's over it, and I'm like, you know, how do y'all do this shelter? How do y'all provide? And she says ministries, different ministries will uh, volunteer. So we're like, okay, we want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yes. So we signed up for every third Saturday night. And what we do is we buy a meal, uh, and the, they have they love breakfast. We found out that they don't get to eat breakfast that much, so everybody does like spaghetti or hot yeah. dogs, you know, the same old yeah. stuff. Sandwich so. bags is what they told us that people would bring like box pizzas or they would bring um, baggies with sandwiches and chips, and and they're thankful for it. But when we went over there the first time, we fixed breakfast. Well, what do y'all want? And they're like breakfast. Oh yeah. my goodness! It we had so many people that just was like, "Oh, y'all, please fix breakfast every time you come. We love breakfast. Yes. We never get to eat breakfast." So we thought, "Okay, we got this yeah. thing down. We're gonna get them breakfast every month." Mm -hmm. Oh man, pancakes, 
French toast, sausage, French toast, gravy, biscuits. biscuits, She gives the orange juice. Yeah. 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 And they always drink the sweet tea. The time I was over there, we were about slapping out sweet tea. Yeah, we did. Yes. So, and you came on really one of the nights that we didn't have as many as we normally. There were still. There was still a lot. lot It averages in the early, like in the summer part of the year, about 30. But in the winter, it gets so full of people. Uh, we just had the last count on Saturday night was 63. Wow. The first count was like 40, I yeah. think. When we first got there, there was about 40 people there. Halfway into it, there was about 63. By the end of the night, I think that there was like close to 80 people there. That's awesome. And we were handing out the backpacks. So this so, year, what we did yeah. different was we... We still got this idea to give out backpacks full of like everything necessary supplies. Yeah. So we had hats, gloves, um, uh, underwear, socks, t-shirts, hoodies, jackets, uh, jackets, um, everything you can. Imagine. Everything. Then we had the um, did you get toothbrushes, toothbrushes, all the sanitary items for the men and the women, razors, um, soaps, shampoo. I mean, just slap full of stuff. Toothpaste, the whole church was filled with stuff. Yes, yeah. is awesome. Which yeah. is all a blessing from God. All yeah. that stuff to begin with. Yes. So when you get them all packed, though. This is what's amazing is they said, oh, we only have 29 men backpacks and 15 women. And not all of them had. We ran out of hats. And yes. We ran out of gloves. Yes. Me and Brittany were in charge of the hats and gloves uh, to put them in the bags. And when we started writing on the tags, like, like, like a G for like missing gloves. Yes. Yeah. And so we had a lot of stuff missing. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. some of the bags. Then, then because we ran out of backpacks, we just started putting them in little white 13-gallon garbage bags. Sure, yeah. Yes, just started packing those garbage bags. Yeah. Wow, is all I can say, is because when we got there, I looked at the crowd of people, and immediately my heart just sank, because I'm thinking, so many of them are going to have to leave tonight with nothing. It crowded in so much by the end of the night, and I was like, Lord, please. So whenever I go to pray in, I get very bold with my prayer in front of all of them. And I'm telling them, you know, just be patient. You know, if you don't get something tonight, we're going to write your name down. We'll write the size of boots that you need or whatever. We will make sure that you're took care of. Yeah, yes, we might not have it tonight, but we will get it for you. And I just trusted God for that. I just yeah. trust, you know, he's going to provide. They, If if they need it, they're going to, God's going to give it to them. And so in the middle of the prayer, I was like, Lord, I know that you multiplied the bread and the fish to feed the 5,000 plus. Yeah, and I said, with the crowd that we have tonight, multiply this food and multiply these bags, so that everybody would be fed, and so that everybody would have something. God showed up. That's <laughs> all yeah. I can say, because I was like, and then, and and I'm completely in shock because all of them left. With a bag. The ones that got the garbage bags came back because they found out that backpacks was left. And they said, can we please put our stuff in a backpack? You know, they, they've got this backpack left. Can I have that backpack? Can I yeah. put my stuff in that backpack? Every single one of them got backpacks. And then they, yeah. they opened their bags. Some of them had multiple hats and multiple yes. gloves. And I don't mess up, Gaddis. Very <laughs> disciplined. He is. I want to test that. You're and, a big... two, two pairs of gloves, two hats. Yes. Double stuff. And they were yeah. like, wow, wow. And I told them from the very beginning, I do not want to take no glory for this. Because first of all, you need to understand that 
even the reason that this food is here and these bags are here is because of God. Because mm. God, God has put it in people's hearts to do this for you because he loves you. He loves you so much and he wants you to see that he has not forgotten you, that he's not forsaken you. Mm. And even though it's just little small things, he wants to gift you. He wants to give you a gift. And the biggest gift is Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, this is what this season is all about. It's about bringing joy to you. And God wants to give you just a little bit of joy in the middle of all of this um, trauma and sorrow that you're facing. And so I said, let's give God thanks and give him glory for what is what's going to happen. And, when I, and there was a man that was in the shelter and he was sitting right there beside where I was standing. And as I was praying, he was saying, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. We just love you, Lord. Yeah. And it was just encouraging me so yeah. much as I'm praying. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and, I'm yeah. thinking, and I'm just praising God. And I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. And I felt the Holy Spirit just come all over that room and all over me. And I was, mm. I wanted to start shouting. Yeah. I was, but I was just like, and I should have, I should have just been obedient to God's Holy Spirit, you know, because I think that's one reason that God can't show himself so real is because we let fear get in our way about what people are going to think about us. And we hold the spirit back. We, we do. Second the spirit. Death, God yes. will heal somebody we pray for and we'll say, well, that was coincidence. Yeah. And all these yes. miracles, they have yes. it, but we, we reason them away. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's a big, a, a big thing too, because, you know, just when you're speaking to people, I feel like yeah. a lot of, a lot of people are in my times when when I've you know spoke to people about about the Lord about Jesus as you know I and when I was younger I used to think like man if I just say the right thing if I just present it the correct way or yeah. man if I just do whatever but now like I mean like you said I mean and, and Rusty's been a big big part of that and the Lord has you know shown that through him to me is yes. that like it's just all the Holy Spirit Absolutely. I mean you're just you're just the vessel like, you're just yeah. the vessel you're, you're just the vessel. really you're just yeah you're the body that is just standing there yeah <laughs> really God is doing all we the say, work around we say it all you. the time and say well, what is the difference between you know Drew Gaddis and, and Billy Graham the difference is Billy Graham says yes when the Lord asks yes. God to do something yeah. that's the yes. difference between Faith. somebody you Faith. see yeah somebody you see moving and doing things for the Lord versus us Mm-hmm. They, just, they say yes, and that's the thing. You just got to say yes. Anytime God props your heart mm-hmm. for something, like in this situation, I, w- I want it to be known that, that these guys at the homeless shelter, they're not choir boys. No. They're, no. They're, they're, they're people that are rough and tough, and, yes. and some some of them are, you know, they rob places, yes. you know, on a daily basis to get yes. their stuff. They, yeah. they break into houses. I mean, they're, they're liars and thieves, and they cuss, and they do drugs, some of them. You know, they're not perfect people. But God still loves them. You know, the thing is, Rusty, I'm glad that you brought that up because one thing that God showed me is that the Bible says that he loved us while we were yet sinners. Mm -hmm. And the Bible also says that love covers a multitude of sin. So you're right. They are these people that have all of this um, evil or wickedness in their lives. But nobody knows the root mm-hmm. of where all those things come from. So if I could just take just a couple of minutes just to kind of go yeah, uh, we have from no my story. Here, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my brother started doing drugs at 16 years old. But what nobody didn't know is that he had went through sexual abuse mm-hmm. as a small child. We, we, we did. Me and my two older brothers went through sexual abuse. Um, my brother turned to drugs. To deal with the abuse that had happened to him. We also went through a lot of trauma as children that a lot of people are not even aware of um, on the outside of our family. From people within the church. Yes. Even. 
Yeah. Even people that were a part of the church. And that was why it was so hard for me to trust God. Because if these people that are doing these things to me are God's people, then why would I want to live for God? Because they're supposed to be Christians, you know. But um, my brother came to my defense whenever he found out that something was happening to me. And he wound up becoming homeless because of it. And I'm struggling a little bit right now because... Um, I'm trying to be very much bolder about giving the testimony because it needs to be told not to bring shame to anybody and not to bring pain to anybody, but to just let you know that what God does is uh, there's there's a root to these people's lives and a lot of it is swept under the carpet mm -hmm. and nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, everybody wants to keep it hid and whenever you bring it out, it brings a lot of shame to these people and to the family. And, and so it's really hard for me to be open and on air, yeah. you know, yeah. but, about it. But yeah. the good yeah. thing is, is we know that everyone has something in their lives. Absolutely. These people have a darkness in their lives that maybe wasn't even their fault. They, they might not have made the initial decision to do something wrong that, that led them down this yes. spiral life of, you know, sin and yes. stuff that ended up where they were. Yes. A lot of times it's like you're saying, as an innocent child, something happens. Yes. And we don't see that root cause. So. Yes. So I remember the first time that I experienced homelessness. I didn't live in homelessness. But my mama took me one day to my oldest brother living in the woods. Yeah. To bring him blankets whenever there was snow on the ground. And I knew that he had, he was laying there because he had come to my defense. So I felt like it was my fault that my brother was homeless. He's my oldest brother. And he was always like a protector for me. So when my mama took me out to where my brother was in the woods to give him those blankets, I took that. He wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him trying to protect me. But also my brother was on drugs. Hmm. He did turn to drugs to try to escape the memories and the pain. And not that wasn't the only abuse that he went through, but... That was the major part of it. So he did turn to drugs to cope with that. And then he became just a full-blown addict. Hmm. He would, um, he nobody didn't want him around. Yeah. You know, he would, uh, they would say that he would take things from you. People accused him of a lot of things. But my brother, thank God, has been clean, I think, now for three and a half years. Hmm. Praise God. Amen. He's it's delivered him. And we've, prayed, we've prayed years and years and years for God to deliver him of his drug addiction. And, um, God has delivered him, and now, uh, like Saturday night at the homeless shelter, there was a young man out there that was just really bad drunk after the shelter was over with, and he was threatening to kill everybody. Hmm. And my brother just goes and bear hugs him, just wraps his arms around him, pulls him up really tight to him, and he says, Brother, you need us to pray for you, don't you? And he said, just started bawling and said, Yes. Please pray for me. So all the men just gathered around him and started praying. And I I didn't see most of that. The only thing I did see is somebody came and says, this man's threatened to kill all of them out there. And they're right over yonder. And I'm thinking, okay, everybody at Holy Ground Outreach, get over here. You yeah. know, get away yeah. from that. Yeah. We don't need to be no part of that. <laughs> yeah. But then they came and says, mom, why did you do that? We were praying for him. And I'm like, oh, well, as long as you're praying for him, you just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think mom, I go to <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah. I don't want my kids to be in danger, yeah. but, and even yeah. the people from our church, but it was just, and I can, I, a lot of people have this mindset about the homeless that they put themselves in this position. They don't want to help them. They hold the signs up that says homeless, hungry or whatever, and they will 
turn their heads and I've done it. Hmm. I've done it myself. Turn my head away from them. Like, Oh, I don't want to be dealt. I don't want to deal with this right now. Yeah. And, and then my mindset goes to my flesh goes, they put themselves in this situation. But then as I pass them by and I get on down the road, I think back to my brother every single time. And I'm thinking he didn't ask for that. Yeah. yeah. He didn't ask for that. And he didn't ask for the abuse to happen to him. He didn't ask for the trauma to happen to him. So, um, I did not realize this until we started working with the homeless is that a lot of these people that hold up these signs, they live in what's called a tent city. Mm -hmm. They don't live in a shelter. They live in what's called a tent city. And in these tent cities, there is um, somebody that's called the marshal. He is over the tent city and he's got his deputies that follow him. And you have to pay them to protect you. You have to pay them to make sure that nobody messes with your stuff. If you don't pay them, you can face some horrible consequences. Yeah, we've been yeah. hearing about, you know, homeless murders. Uh, yeah. Murders happening in the homeless community. Over 50 people with the homeless community this year, hmm. um, they say, have overdosed and been murdered. Hmm. Disappeared. Disappeared. Don't hear from them. Lose and all their stuff. Some guys come back, all their stuff's gone. Yes. You know, and it's for a homeless person, that's all you have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's so yeah. uh, we found out that the women are being prostituted out. Hmm. Um, if they don't bring in a certain amount in the evenings, you see them on the street all day long. If they're living in this tent city, they have a protection in that city, but they have to pay for that protection. Um, everybody says, oh, they can get a job. I just want to give you an example of something. Um, my husband asked somebody the other day, what, what, you want to go over there and help us with the homeless shelter? No. If I go with you over there, I'll tell all of them to get a job. And if that, if everybody has that mindset, get a job, everybody's hiring. Will you tell me, if you go into Walmart as a homeless person and you're dirty and you're stinking, you have the clothes that are drenched in sweat and dirt from laying on the ground, your hair is greasy and you know, matted looking and everything. Is Walmart going to hire them? Is McDonald's going to hire them? Is a gas station? No, because they work with people. Yeah. They're not going to allow these people. There are some people that will give them a chance. Put them in the kitchen doing dishes and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard for them to get a job. Just, it's not easy, as easy as it would be for, I haven't worked in years, but I guarantee you I could go into any restaurant or any gas station, or any public place, fill out an application that was hiring, and I would probably get hired, even though I don't have experience with that job, because I would go in there clean and presentable. Yeah. But these people have no address. They have no vehicles. No phone for them to call. So it's a lot more difficult than what people get this mindset. They've asked for this. They've put their self there. And, there, no. and there, don't get me wrong. There is people that take that, advantage. They try to take advantage and, yes. and be deceitful, but that's really not, it's not for us to judge and find Absolutely. out who that is. Absolutely. We just, if God puts it on your spirit, Hey, help that person. Yes. Do it. Just, just be do it. Yeah. And, and yeah. leave the results to him. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's such a blessing for me to hear that because again, you know, Jesus didn't hang out with, you know, the rich people. No, whatever. he didn't. He, Absolutely. He was not. he was hanging out on the tax collector. He yeah. was swimming with the you know the homeless people. He was swimming yes. with, the, with the people who had the plague out there. I yes. mean, he was. And Everybody, that, when this COVID happened, yeah. Priscilla, are you still going to go to the shelter? Yeah. Are y'all going to wear gloves and masks? No. Why? That in that being in that being careless. 
When you no. have Jesus, you have nothing to fear. You become just, like, if you die, where do you go? You go to heaven. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's to yeah. me, it just gives you this boldness, this braveness you don't have yeah. to worry about. And Trust we, the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And what we found out is almost every bit of the ministry stopped doing it when COVID hit. Yeah. They quit bringing food over there. So the shelter itself was having to fix food that was just donated, canned foods or whatever. They would have to fix them meals with it. Beans every night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but no, God has protected us. I've never been diagnosed with COVID. My husband has never had COVID. Tasha is so uh, is so fragile a lot of times, and I take her with me. She's right there with us whenever we're doing the shelter work. But I just believe that God is going to protect us. And if we do get sick, I believe that you know if it's His will for us, our time is up. Then you know I trust Him. And you know at first it was kind of for my husband especially because he has a little bit he struggles a little bit more sure. but he's like you know if she, what if she gets sick and she dies because we're doing this and i keep saying god's going to take care of us mm. she um i took her out of school at 17 because she was staying so sick when she was in school yeah and since she's came out of school she's been the healthiest that she's ever been she just keeps thriving. And if she does get sick, it's just a few days of just the sniffles or whatever. Sure, it is. Um, so God has protected and provided every single thing. And he has absolutely taken care of us. He's put a shelter of protection around us. Um, sometimes I say, God, I could just bask in your love because you just show your love so much, you know, and, and, and it's amazing that these people at the homeless shelter, they would fist bump because they were told don't try to hug anybody. When we were hugging them, it was almost like, you don't care to hug me? You know, one man says, no, don't, to my son, he says, no, don't hug me, he says, because I'm dirty. And he says, you've got little kids, and they could get sick if I've got something on me. And my son said, no. And he wrapped his arms around him. He says, you're fine. And he just wrapped him and. The man just started crying because mm -hmm. he couldn't believe that somebody would just hug him. Yeah. And my husband, it's so funny because <laughs> he looked at me the other night because I don't know what to think about you hugging all these men. <laughs> but I'm just like, I want to give them the hug of the Lord to let them know, you know, God's, God does not care yeah, Jesus to get in your dirtiness. Us. You know, the lepers that came there to Jesus. Go. They would, the lepers would have to ring a bell to let you know that they were there and yell, because unclean, they were unclean. unclean. They would have to yell unclean to everybody and they would shake that bell and everybody would scatter away from them because they didn't want to get next to them. But Jesus just walked straight up to them yeah. and just showered them with his love and healed them. Touched them. Touched them. Can you imagine being touched? You haven't been touched in a long time and he, he touches you. Yes. And says, you're clean. Yes. Yeah. Just yep. showing, yeah, just showing love. I mean, I think that's where, you know. A lot of people miss the miss the mark, and I I, I am guilty of it too. Like I mean, the 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 act of Christianity, you know, making disciples of all the nations. I mean that, you know, again, like we said, obviously it's the Holy Spirit. You're yes. you're just the vessel, but you know, He calls us just to show love to people because you never know how the Holy Spirit is going to use. You know, even if it, you know, it may be ten minutes, ten years, you know, yes. whatever down the road, but you know, you never know what how the Holy Spirit's going to show me. Now, like man, if if the Holy Spirit, you know, can do that, you know. Through Miss Priscilla or through Rusty, like who knows what he can do through? He me. could use yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah, this is something Amen. important to think about. A lot of people will say like, I don't go to church because this guy did this or this person did that. And as you can see, Priscilla, if she would have listened to those voices when when all the bad stuff was happening to her as a small child, innocent child, if she would have listened to all those voices, man, she would be so lost and broken, just like the rest of the world. But the thing is, she didn't listen to those voices. She she realized 
by reading the Bible that God is love. Absolutely. And so when she sees those things, even inside the church, that's not love. That's not God. That's yeah. right. And she, so she identified who God was, mm-hmm. put her trust in him, and he's been provided over and over and over all. These many, this is just a few. There's so many more miracles. We could get so deep. We could we could do 50 podcasts on the miracles that that Priscilla seen alone this last year. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. I've seen miracles. Uh, being part of our church, we prayed for people that were on yes, their deathbed. Absolutely. People with cancer that's been healed. We we've seen. There's so many things. Miracles that only still the Lord can do. God is only still the same. Do. Amen. God hasn't changed. He's still who He is. Mm. Same God of the Old Testament. God of the New Testament. He's God. Yes. And so it goes back to Saturday night whenever I realized that everybody did walk out of there with bags. I'm in shock. I'm just totally in shock. And I'm like, how'd you did that? But then I'm like, how did that just happen? That was God that did that. But why do we expect anything different? If we trust God and we believe that God Mm -hmm. is this miracle worker, then why are are we not expecting miracles to happen? Why did I not go into the homeless shelter knowing that I had 29 bags for men and 15 bags for women, knowing that almost 80 people was going to walk out of there with bags? Because that's my God. That's who my God is. He is a miracle provider. He's a miracle worker. He does this. So Mm -hmm. why did I go in there doubting that somebody was going to walk out of there with empty handed. Yeah, we do that. We go like, oh, gravity is set. And, and yeah. something, someone jumps off a cliff, they're going to fall and die. It's yes. gravity, right? But then we, the person who wrote the, the, the laws herself, we get like all crazy when we go, well, how do you, how do, how do you break that? Yeah. Well, he wrote the law. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. He, you know, he created it. They're mine. Yeah, it's easy. You know, yeah. Now, now to the biggest miracle. Going back to your favorite miracle of him feeding the 5,000 plus. Yeah. When I got, we had to load up the stuff to leave. So our, my, the back of my truck is completely loaded down. And we had decided that before we went over there, we didn't think that there was going to be much left. But Lonnie says, we're not bringing none of this back home. Hmm. It's staying there. Sure, yeah. Your husband? Yeah. yeah. That Lonnie's my husband. I'm yeah. sorry. No. And didn't. so, yeah, he says, I, I, I'm not going to reload this. I'm not taking this. So I'm like, uh-oh, sorry about that. Thank you. Um, he said, uh, I don't want to reload this and I don't want to unload it. Sure. But for some reason, I was curious because everybody got a bag and I saw all this stuff left. And I said, no, we're going to load it back up because we're, we're going to be coming next month, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll see homeless people during the month. So I'm going to go ahead and get it loaded in the truck. So everybody just load it. Everybody get it in the back of my truck. But the real thing that was going through my mind is I want to know the leftovers. Yeah. Because... In the miracle feeding the 5,000, it says they carried away 12 baskets full of the fragments of fish and bread. Yeah. <laughs> so when I get home, he goes, I'm not unloading that tonight. It's too cold. I'm like, it's okay. I'll unload it. So I yeah. go out there to unload everything and I get it. My living room is loaded down with all these bags. So I start going through everything and every item that we had given away, yeah. I had a white garbage bag left over. Wow. Wow. A gar- white garbage bag left over of hats, a white garbage bag left over of gloves, underwear, socks, t-shirts. Everything eating. that we had run out of. Everything. Yeah. Packing them. Everything. There That's was a insane. whole garbage bag left. The rest of you like saying it was counting twice. Yeah. Through the bags. I unpacked the bags that's left. And almost every bag had two pair of gloves in it. That's insane. And two, insane. two hats. Some of them had two hats. And I'm like. I'm like, God, how did this just happen? How do we have all this left over? And then I just sat there and I'm crying because like like I say, every time that I start to think about this, the tears just start welding up in my spirit because I'm like, 
that's God. Yeah, that's man. God. The 12 man. baskets left over when we've got garbage bags left over all over my <laughs> probably 30 bags in my living room. Yeah. Packed full of clothes and hats and gloves and cu- even cups, drinking cups. We didn't even have enough because we, we give them um, in the Christmas bag. We give them, we found out that some stores, if they've got their own cup, We'll allow them to fill up the cups for free. Bowls and plates and spoons. We give them, yeah, bowls and plates and spoons and, and things like that. So if they've got canned food, they could take it into a, a convenience store, put it in the microwave, and heat it up. Sure. You know, so we provide that for them, or God provides. I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to take no glory for this because it was absolutely not me that did it. It was God completely. But um, we had cups a whole bag of cups left over and i'm like i want to count them cups just to see it, it makes no sense because we also do the cups and we we had to open all the packages and we put all them together like yeah. color coded sure. yeah you know and me and Brittany and uh one of our friend's daughters was helping out we, we sat there and did all that and put them all together yeah and i know there was like because we were actually missing two spoons i was like why are we yeah. missing two spoons yeah yes. you know what i mean yeah. it's yeah. weird to have so much surplus. And so many bags did not have the plates and bowls in it because we just didn't have we had um we had forty eight mm-hmm. actually. So with the backpacks and the garbage bags that we filled, we didn't have the the dishes to go with it. Came home with a half a bag of the dishes on top of the cups. And I'm like, there's no way possible for this to happen except for God. Yeah. He mm-hmm. had to multiply, and this is the leftovers. This is the fragments of fish and bread that's yes. left over the twelve baskets. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. I just wonder how many pairs of gloves is in that bag right there. I didn't count them. I just put all the gloves in a bag. So now I'm curious. It's right. like how many pair? Because is it the same amount that we wound up having? Yeah. You know, did he provide every one that was given out? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and, and, man. And also another thing it's worth noting is that this is uh. This time right now, coming up the next few days, are going to be record yes. cold. Yeah. Like record, like it's going to be feel like negative ten outside. Yes. Yeah. So God, insane. Yeah. So ask yourself this in, in closing: If God can can do something so small, is just provide these material things for these people yes. that are dirty, that some of them have mental illnesses, yes. uh, that are just some of them are so lost and broken and 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 just their whole life is chaos. If He can do that. For them, what can he do for you? Yeah. But just you know, a little faith. Just trusting in him faith. and knowing that, you know what, that you're not too broken, you're not too dirty, you're not too messed up for God. You, you, you haven't done you. Amen. too much evil. You, you know, you don't, you don't have to be perfect. All you have to be is willing to say, Lord, I trust you. Yeah. Yes. And I love you. Yeah. Yes. And to give your life to him yeah. and look what he could do. Yeah. I get, like you said, Rusty, a couple of weeks ago that – God is the absence of darkness. There can be no darkness when there is light. You the flip Lord. the light switch on, there, there's, it's light. Yep. Yeah. Darkness flees. And, and that's and, one of the biggest issues. And the thing, too, is we've been teaching the kids lately in the children's class, they will know we are Christians by our love. Mm. And the mm. kids love that song. But why do they know that we are Christians by our love? Because God is love. He is and love. he loves even the worst sinner. Look at all the men and the women that he used in the Bible. They were adulterers. They were liars. They were deceivers. They were prostitutes. They were all tax collectors that was considered, you know, bad people, demonically possessed people. The whole book of Mark, if you go and read the Bible, um, the book of Mark, I love because it just tells us almost all the way through there, 
all, about all the miracles, and most of them were delivering the demonically possessed people. Yeah. We all have demons, you know, that we fight with. Struggles, we have the demon of fear, addiction, um, lying, you know, lust, lust, you know, whatever those addictions are, that is a demonic uh temptation. We, we, it's a demonic test that the enemy, um, can get you, and you could be, you could be healed of all those things, you yes. Can, yeah. You're not. That's too what dirty. he came for. He came to deliver us and set us free. And he is not a respecter of person. Yeah. And he doesn't love me. No, he created every one of us. I think people forget that. He yes. didn't just create Priscilla or yes. Rusty or Gaddis or John. He created you. Yes. You were created by him. Therefore, Absolutely. you are his creation. And you think about anything you work hard on to, to make with your hands, you love it. You know, I've made some stuff in my life that is falling apart in two days, but I built it. Yeah. And so I'm proud of it. You know, and God created you and, and he thought. Every detail of you, Absolutely. of who you are and the way you respond, the way you think, it's all designed by him. And so we just want to remind you, you're not too broken. You're not too dirty. Yep. Just like it, the the reason he put the prodigal of the, of the or the, the parable of the prodigal son yes. um, is to show that, I think, because all he, yeah, like you said, he loves his creation. He wants you to come home so I he can, can call you child. I it can. says in, in that parable that, you know, the reason I think that he told it like that is that, you know, all, it was dirty. Uh, his, you know, his son squandered all his, you know, his uh, inheritance. Inheritance. Yes. yes. Thank you. And and he went off and, you know, gambled it and, you know, did it whatever away. Yes. And he said he, he didn't think that he was worthy enough to come home for his father. But his father not only saw him and welcomed him, his father ran out to him through the gates, put a ring on his yes. finger, put a clean robe on him, threw a big party. The one yes. time, like, yeah, but like, yes. and that's exactly what he can do for when, you. When you, yes. when you accept Jesus in your in, in your heart. I mean, that's what I believe. That's why I, I always tell us what it's always been told to me, that there is a party going on. Yes, come absolutely. Real party. Yes, and it's yes. it's a real acceptance. It's not this thing of this Christian atheist that we talked about that a lot of people are in, and that I was in for most of my walk with the Lord. I just I professed, but I didn't live it. Yeah, yeah. I acted like Jesus wasn't real. You know, I, I said he was real, but I didn't act and live like he's real. Yeah. So that's what we want to encourage you today as we close. Yes. Yeah. Live like he's real. Realize that God is real. Yes. That that he can do miracles. That he can transform your life. If you're messed up and broken and and all these things in your life that you feel like you can't be fixed. He's a miracle worker. Absolutely. And he loves you no matter how messy and how dirty you think you are. He loves you. He, he can fix he anything can, yes. no matter yes. what you've done. That's why he has not taken his breath from us yep. because he's still working. I love that song. He's still working on me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> now we're going to get copyrighted. Yes. <laughs> no, no. But we, yeah, we just want to thank you all for – Listening to another episode of the 1024 podcast, you can uh, find us anywhere. Um, you know, uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and uh, YouTube for now. Uh, we're working on Spotify still. Um, but we just want to thank Miss Priscilla for You're coming awesome. on and uh, you. talking thank with you us today. Thank yep. doing this. Yes, yes, ma'am. And thank I want you. to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> thank you. See y'all.